Welcome to Spirit School. I'm your mentor, Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. In this podcast, I share honestly all I have learned about the mediumship and spiritual development journey. My intention is to normalize these conversations, to make way for a more confident, clear, and connected wave of lightworkers, serving the world of spirit with an open and joyful soul. Welcome again to Spirit School. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back to Spirit School. Excited to be here for another week, another episode with you. And of course, it is Halloween tomorrow, depending when you're listening to this. I'm recording it on the 30th of October, 2023. And tomorrow's Halloween. So of course, we're going to get a little bit witchy and we are going to be talking about ghosts and if ghosts exist. Are ghosts real? Whew, what a hot topic. And this is a topic that has been very political in the spiritual space as far as I am concerned. You know, I have been developing mediumship now for 10 years. I have studied under 10 different, you know, different mediumship teachers from around the world, from different lived experiences, from different backgrounds. And this has been something that I have seen divide the space time and time again. Now, I don't see people like arguing out in public over this, but people have their beliefs. They have their truths. And I think where it gets a little bit sticky and where it gets a little bit tricky is everyone feels, not everyone, but from what I have seen, people who have been very vocal on either camps, whether they do exist or they do not exist, have really felt that their truth is the truth their truth, the truth. And when people have experiences that they decide and discern and and come to understanding that it was paranormal, that it was a ghost, you know, it can be really harmful. And this is an area that I was in early on in my development, but it can be like really harmful to tell somebody that that truth does not exist for them. So if somebody has an experience and they unpack it for themselves and they do that work to, you know, contemplate on it, um, unpack it, you know, move past the fear of the experience and move into a more conscious, you know, thought process around it. And yet they still discern for themselves that the truth is, their truth is that what they experienced was in fact a disembodied ghost, um, a ghost who has not fully transitioned to the other side. One of the reasons why I think it's so hot out there is because I've seen time and time again that people who have the opposite truth will come in, no, my truth supersedes yours. They do not exist because. And then what happens is people who have had their experiences and had identified and defined their own personal truth feel a bit gaslit and they feel unseen and invalidated. And I, I think it's because of that invalidation that it does become such a hot topic in this space. And I have been guilty of this myself, which is why I want to talk about this episode. And I have talked about this topic before. And I think where I land today may surprise you. If you've been a long time listener, I've been recording podcast episodes. I'm celebrating five years of recording podcast episodes in just like, you know, five weeks here. I have talked about this topic many times. And one thing I teach in my mediumship development, in my personal development, in my spiritual development containers is I really encourage people to stay flexible in their beliefs. 
you know, there is a certain time in our spiritual maturity process when it comes to the evolution of our own spirituality, of our own spiritual beliefs, that we may feel something to be so true because either it's something that was taught to us by someone that we deeply, deeply respect, or again, it's, you know, our perception of our experience and unpacking that. And like, this is my belief based off of that process. But as we're developing, we're really building out our our philosophies, our beliefs. And, you know, I just want to say that our beliefs are our choices, right? Up until a certain point of our lives, our beliefs are really you know, impressed upon us, their condition in us through our parents, through the systems and structures that we grew up in. But I always ask people to stay flexible in their beliefs. Flexible because, you know, I have had very strong beliefs myself through my life. And I, I hope some people have something to stand for, something to lean on when, you know, we don't exactly know what's going on. It's the philosophies that we have and that we carry that will bring us comfort and help us guide other people. So spiritual philosophy is so important when it comes to mediumship or if you're in any spiritual space. Um, it's important to think about these things. and It's important to think about them from different perspectives. But our beliefs are our choices. And in my experience of doing mediumship for 10 years and, you know, working with spirit in an inspired way through the things that I teach and, you know, the different thoughts that come through me is that if I held a belief so strong and was completely inflexible in it, where's the growth? Where's the spiritual evolution? And so I ask people to stay flexible in their beliefs because the spirit world very well may show something through you that may challenge some of your beliefs so being open and being flexible and not being so staunchly you know strong in one regard will help you be a true open channel for the spirit world in case a spirit comes through that you know is of a different mindset I may present something to you that really challenges one of your beliefs so here's an example of one just to give you an example I had a really strong belief never thought anything differently about our children picking us and not only our children picking us but we come and incarnate in soul families and when we incarnate with the soul family you know people return home one at a time and then we all gather when everyone returns home and we kind of go through the life path you know what karma did we set out to clean up and you know what dharma did we kind of make a track for for the next few lives and the generations to come and like we kind of make a plan to come back in soul groups again and again and we continuously evolve and learn and expand consciousness but we do these kind of check-ins so I kind of have this belief that you know the spirit world like my grandma's waiting up there for me and then when I come back and we can kind of like gather and do our life review be like okay let's come back and like let's work on this this time and so this was a very strong belief for me and I did a reading a couple years ago I had a woman in front of me and she said, oh, I'm surprised my brother didn't come through. And immediately what moved through me was this phrase, I think he's come back. And I was like, whoa, that actually scared me. And that's how claircognizance works for me. Sometimes I say something before I have time to process it and think about it. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, okay. So I just said that. And that kind of challenges my personal belief. And then I have to go to the spirit world saying, can you bring evidence of this? Because I'm challenged here right now. And she's like, oh, he came back. And I was like, yes, who is Michael? Michael is a young gentleman who came forward. And I feel that he came back as Michael. And then she started crying, saying, Michael is my nephew. And I, I said, you know, you could probably hold up a picture around the same age. And there's a lot of similarities. And she was able to actually recall how many personality similarities they had. And indeed, the pictures, the hair, the nose, every the eyes, of course, it's genetic 
genetics as well but everything was really similar so this is an example that if i held my truth to be nope everyone waits for us until we get back then i don't know if that would have been able to move through me and i don't know if that would have been able to bring this human some comfort so then my job is to go to the spirit world after and say okay (laughs) you just expanded on something that I didn't even know I needed expansion on and then that's where I go into the contemplation process and spiritual contemplation for me is is profound language behind what we do if we are here and interested in thought leadership when it comes to spirituality and mediumship it's like we will go to the spirit world and we will contemplate on these things and we will be humble enough to know that though truth may move through us there are multiple truths that coexist at one time and the truths that are revealed to us will only make sense in the lens of which we have lived this is why i've been saying my entire career the only prerequisite to mediumship is a life well lived The more you experience, the more you live your life, the more that can move through you in spirituality. So I wanted to give a little bit of that philosophy piece on beliefs. And when we are holding discussions around, you know, ghosts and paranormal and things that are, you know, pretty divided in the space, we're being open enough and humble enough that we are just stating our beliefs of where we stand here today based off of our lived experience and our understanding of those experiences at this time. So do what you will with that. I am not trying to tell anyone that their experience was not their experience. That is not my business and that is not my role. I just wanted to provide a little bit of what I believe happens in the space when it comes to this topic. So in the Spirit School Collective, which is my membership, it's three years old now, we have these development circles called philosophy circles. And so this month's philosophy circle, and it took me a long time to be able to hold space for such a heated conversation and topic and be able to hold space in a way that everyone is open, they move out of perception and into that perspective. And I feel like I came up with a really good framework for this month's, you know, inquiry on, you know, do ghosts exist? So I'm going to give you that framework I'm going to give you the things to think about and I'm going to ask you as spirit schoolers to walk away and go through your own contemplation process. And then as we move through this episode, I'm going to be sharing some of my experiences, my understanding of those experiences back then and now today. And then I'm going to share some spirit schoolers sent in some voice notes of, you know, their beliefs around this. And we have some channeled messages. We have a person who's like, no, I don't think that they do exist. And then we have a few people who are like, I know they exist. I've had these experiences. And so I'm going to share some of those with you. And then I'm going to share with you at the end where I stand here today. And I think that's going to surprise you. So in our philosophy circles in the Spirit School Collective, I pose a question every month and I, I give them some contemplation time and some, you know, structure around the contemplation. And then we go into small group settings where we have intimate dialogue, intimate conversations on our perspectives and our perceptions of the different things that we're talking about. Now, this month was a little bit different because it is such a heated topic and it is something that people really, it's a hill to die on for a lot of people. And I get it. There's not very many in the spiritual space. I think people have, but there's a lot of experiences out there people have had. There's a lot of shows that highlight this. Um, so I get it. And there's no judgment from me on, on that. So here is the framework that we used in the Spirit School Collective. For one, we had a common definition of what ghosts is. 
So the definition that we worked through, because I think too, what you'll see in the voice notes from spirit schoolers is a lot of it is like language, right? And I shared before how limiting English can be as a language when we're all talking to each other and how little nuance there is in English compared to some more ancient languages um, or foreign languages. So the definition to get on common language ground for the term ghost is according to Spirit School Collective, a ghost is often regarded as the lingering spirit of an individual that has not completed its transition to the afterlife, possibly due to unfinished business or choice to remain close to earth. This phenomenon may be a result of divine will or remain unnoticed by the individual, and it can manifest as apparitions. I'm going to read this one more time very quickly through. A ghost is often regarded as the lingering spirit of an individual that has not completed its transition to the afterlife, possibly due to unfinished business or a choice to remain close to earth. This phenomenon may be a result of divine will or remain unnoticed by the individual spirit. It can manifest as apparitions. So I'm going to pause here and I'm going to pop in some philosophy from Caroline Mice on this topic, Caroline Miss. I am in her membership and she did this free archetypal um, series through her newsletter. And last week she released the archetype of the ghost. And I watched that yesterday. And there's a, just this little segment that really leads into this definition that I think I want to include in the conversation. So here is a snippet from Caroline Mice's ghost archetype. And in the show notes, I have linked you... Um, a link to the video. It's a 30 minute philosophy on the ghost archetype. So you can go watch the whole thing if you want. I have no proof, mind you, but it's like spiritual logic to me that if there's such an emphasis as there always has been in these traditions of finishing your unfinished business, of living consciously, therefore dying consciously, then I think there is some degree of truth about the fact that a soul can feel incomplete upon leaving, upon leaving. And then, you know, look at how many rituals there are, whether in the Buddhist society in, in China or Japan or what, that where, where the prayers for the ancestors go on praying for the ancestors, praying for your journey on the other side, praying that you continue a journey in light. These, these traditions, I don't think come from, you know, we've got nothing else to do, let's make something up. They come from experience born of people who had sight, who said, this is what we need to do because we go on. We go on, and how we live here matters there. We go on. Creation continues. We simply shed the shell, but creation continues. So it does matter. It matters a great deal. So I think, likewise, it matters if someone's murdered. It matters if there's a sudden death in a violent way, and some soul feels like, whoa, whoa. What happened here? I think a soul can end up in a position of in-between worlds 
in a purgatorial state, in a, in a state. I think that's possible. I really do. I think the invisible world has a dimension that is quite chaotic. And, and it's light-filled, but it's chaotic. Yeah, I do. I do think that. Um, do I think there is life after death? Of course I do. I think you've got to be crazy not to believe that. Of course there is. Of course there is. And I think that inviting ghosts into your life, I, wouldn't, I, I, I don't do Ouija board and I don't do things like that. Precisely because I do think the atmosphere is filled with travelers, invisible travelers. And I don't want to invite them in my home. And I don't want them in my life. And so there is a truth to the archetype of the ghost. Ah, that is Caroline Miss. She is the teacher of my heart. She is the biggest influence in my entire body of work even though she kind of shades mediums in this ghost archetype video, no shade for me. I'm actually going on a retreat with her next week. I get to spend a week with her and 30 other people while she teaches us for four days on the anatomy of the soul. I'm so excited. But that's Caroline Miss's take on the ghost archetype. So in the collective, we got, you know, common language nailed. We had a definition to contemplate on. And I created a space and an atmosphere for them to spend 10 minutes in spiritual contemplation with their spirit teams on this definition. But there was a hook. There was a catch. They had to contemplate both perspectives. So if you are a staunch, yes, they exist. I've had experiences. They also had to go into their contemplation with the understanding of, but I understand that people may not believe because. And then when they were done their contemplation, we put them into small groups. And the structure that I defined for them was you need to present the contemplations from both perspectives. Yes, they exist. No, they do not exist. Once you have shared something from both perspectives, then you are welcome to bring in your own beliefs and experiences. But to ensure that we are not in like a brawl and, and everyone can feel it. We, we talked about this in advance. And again, I would only hold conversations like this in a sacred container like the collective. Like some of these people have been with me three, four years. Um, they know me well. They, they know how I teach. And it's a very safe space for us to hold these type of conversations. And it was a really enlightening conversation. So they had to contemplate on both perspectives. They had to present philosophies on both perspectives. And then they were able to invite in their beliefs and then their experiences and their understanding of those experiences. And the things that I wanted them to consider, and I want you to consider as you are contemplating this philosophy for yourself, for your own spiritual tool belt, you know, how have your experiences shaped your beliefs? How have external influences shaped your beliefs? Are there any spiritual laws that support either position? Have your beliefs expanded or shifted over time? 
Why do so many people believe in their existence? Why would so many mediums confidently deny their experience? So this is what we did last Friday. We had almost 30 people show up for this philosophy circle. And it was a really energizing conversation. And when we came back into big group, we had one representative from each room share an overview of the conversation that they had. And it was just absolutely delightful. And, you know, the truth of the matter is like, we're all out here doing the best we can in this meat skin suit, being spiritual beings. I personally, and this is my belief, my choice to believe, I don't think any of us know the capital T truth. I think we collect a bunch of little T truths as we move along our experiences, but we have to admit in this human experience, we are very sleepy. And so I hope people are humble enough and, you know, have enough humility to them to know like these are my truths at this time and they may shift and evolve over time. And that's what I kind of hope to bring into the spiritual space is this flexibility, is this openness to new experiences and new definitions and new um, takes on those experiences. So now I'm going to go back to some of my early days. Now, some of this is deeply repetitive because you will have heard some of these stories over time. So, you know, sorry, not sorry for that. Um, and I'll try to be a little bit quicker about them because I definitely want to bring more voices into this conversation than my own. But me, ghosts were something I never doubted. I never in a million years doubted. I actually believed in ghosts more confidently than even the spirit world. And it wasn't even like I didn't believe in the spirit world. I wasn't even aware of the spirit world. And I do believe that paranormal and ghosts are very much an entryway into spirituality. For some people, it's Reiki and learning about energy. For other people, it's ghosts and paranormal. For other people, it's, you know, the loss of a loved one or a near-death experience. But I have seen over time how ghosts and paranormal experiences as a child were the experience that really got people curious about their own spirituality and the spiritual path. And that was very much the case for me. Now, granted, when I was about 10 years old and I shared a room with my brother and my grandma had passed away, she was the first person that we, we unfortunately lost. And I remember laying in bed and he would say, don't you see grandma there standing there? And I'm like, no, I don't want to either. And I remember hiding under the blankets and, and, enacting this prayer that was I know you're here but I don't want to see you now this could very well be why almost 40 years later my clairvoyance is the last thing to actually open up my mediumship abilities because I wished so hard as a kid to not see the spirit world I was terrified and it was actually at my grandmother's funeral that I got James von Prague's book talking to heaven and, you know, I was much too young to read it, but I, I had it and I understood the concept. I had a butterfly on the cover and I know somebody was trying to bring me some comfort um, that life continues, a spirit goes on. But as we move along the years, I mean, my parents moved to a different house and I entered being a teenager. There was a lot of experiences that me and my family had and we all had it. And we lived in a house that was about 100 years old. And, you know, me and my mom would be downstairs in the basement as families do and we were watching like tv and we would hear footsteps lead from my brother's room on the top floor we would hear and keep in mind this was an old crickety house and it was a poorly built house it was like one of those old war homes and you know we would 
be standing there and looking at each other because we could hear, we knew we were home alone, but we could hear footsteps going from my brother's room all the way down the stairs. And it sounded like they were coming down the two layers of the house because it was one of those split level, three level houses. It's like basement. And then you go up the stairs, there's a living room, you go up the stairs, there's the bedrooms. And there, um, and we could hear this footsteps coming all the way down the stairs. And we expected my brother to come through that window or through the doorway to the basement and nothing ever came. And we ended up walking upstairs and like looking around and there was no one home. So there was that experience. I remember another experience in that house. Well, for one, two, we have tons of pictures. There's pictures of me, um, of this white light leaving my belly button. It was almost like this cord of light, like this silver cord of light. And I remember reading Sylvia Brown books much later talking about that tether to the other side. We would have my cousin come over for a birthday party orbs everywhere just absolutely everywhere like we caught a lot of different things on camera and then I remember being in the kitchen one time with my mom cooking and I think we were cooking spaghetti and where the cupboards were our back was to the stove and so we had a wooden spoon on the stove top so that we could consistently stir the spaghetti sauce and we both went over to the counter and we were just like you know prepping different things and when we turned around that spaghetti spoon was literally across the floor across the room on the floor and we didn't hear a thing it didn't make a sound it didn't make a crash we had no idea that when we turned around that spoon would be across the table and you know growing up around this time was when john edwards came out with his show um so Sylvia Brown was on Montel Williams, like I think one Wednesday a month or every other Wednesday or something. I felt like all the time, but I would like VHS record all of them. You know, John Edwards on TV. Like I was really into it and Most Haunted came out around that time too. So, I mean, I would spend every Friday night watching Most Haunted and then Paranormal State later on when that came out. And then in my early 20s, I ended up joining a paranormal investigation group called Vancouver Paranormal. And I was in that group for a little while in my early 20s and we used to spend every weekend at a supposed haunted location there was like six of us there's a couple mediums I was not a medium though I was just following the medium taking notes and I also was on the EVP recorder because I loved EVP that was like my favorite thing and I've actually caught a few things you know I actually remember um my first husband used to work for um, NASCAR so he was gone what is that like 30 weeks a year <laughs> you know their their schedule was crazy I used to work in race cars you know for about 15 years and it's a crazy crazy schedule and so he was never home and I used to go to bed every single night with a EVP recorded and a, a top of the line one back in the day okay like long McQuaid like we're talking like a really good EVP recorder I would go to bed with it next to my bed every single night and I would have it on the setting where it would only catch up noise so I'm not like listening to like eight hours of like nothing and it did catch like cars going by you know outside every once in a while I lived close to downtown at the time but one morning and only one morning of doing this for years I caught a male's voice on the EVP recorder and it says I have something very exciting to tell you and when I was putting on my makeup for work that day I almost died. I sent it to my mom right away. I was like, I had her listen to it like over the phone because it's not like you could send like MP3 files. But I was like calling her and I was playing the recording. I'm like, listen to this. And she went to work and she had me play it for like all her friends at work. I mean, just so many experiences and I loved it. And it was something to connect into. 
you know, Sylvia Brown talked about a lot of her books, different like the Sarah Winchester House and the Sunnyville Toys R Us. And I never doubted any of it. In, in truth, I thought mediums knew it all. And, and I never doubted anything Sylvia Brown said, to be honest with you. And it wasn't until I got into mediumship and started having these conversations with the most intelligent, intelligent of the divine. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like Sylvia said, like this happens to people who cross themselves over, but that is not my experience. So it started having me really open up my beliefs, right? I never questioned it before if they existed or not. And even so, when I was 19 years old and I eloped with a complete stranger the first time I met him, let's not even go there, but that's for the book one day. Flew out to England. My poor parents at the time, I have no idea what they were thinking. I'm like, I'm going to England to go like go see this guy um, who I met in Formula One. And <laughs> just like took off. And he, I told him, I'm like, take me to Chillingham Castle. And we went and stayed two nights in the tower of Chillingham Castle, which was the first location of the first episode of Most Haunted. And even there, we had like a, there was a few experiences. I have a whole episode of my time at Chillingham. You can go back a couple months and it, it's there. I won't bore you with it. But just to give you some context to the fact that like, I never doubted in a million years, never doubted, never thought, why wouldn't they exist? Just never questioned it. And it wasn't until I was in year three of my mediumship development journey when I was at a Mavis Patilla retreat in White Rock, BC. It was like, I think it was like June 2016, actually, because I was pregnant at the time. I remember that. And she said something to us. There was a group of 40 of us. And she said, you do not have to go around rescuing spirits. There is no such thing as earthbound spirits. And I remember sitting back in my chair and it was like, if I was an emoji, it was like that mind blown emoji where I'm just like, my head is spinning. I felt like every truth I had known up until that time came like crashing down, just crashing and crumbling down. And I remember thinking like going through my head, like all the different houses I visited, all the different pictures I looked at. And I remember going home and calling my mentor at the time. And my mentor at the time actually brought her in as a guest teacher. And I remember saying, talk to me. I am devastated right now. What do you mean they do not exist? And my teacher was never someone to impress their beliefs upon me. She would always make me go in. She's like, meditate on it. You tell me. And it was so frustrating. I'm like, I just need somebody to tell me what is up. Tell me the truth. Like what is happening? And um, I never got that. So I heard Mavis say that and then I started questioning things. I started looking back at some of my experiences. You know, I had an experience when I was pregnant a couple years before. You know, I unfortunately had many losses before I had my first child and I was pregnant at the time and I was laying in bed. This is much before I was a medium and something in the middle of the night woke me up and I woke up and I looked across the bed on my husband's side of the bed and there was a little boy standing there. He was about two years old. I could see him clear as day with my naked eyes. He was moonlit. He was blue lit from the inside out and he was playing with a toy. And then he looked up at me, made eye contact with me and I screamed and I hid behind my husband and I was hitting him. I was like, wake up. There's a boy next to you. Wake up. There's a boy next to you. And, um, I, I hid behind him and I popped back up and I could still see him. He was still there. And I could still see him. And I went to work the next day after no sleep. And I remember hiding under the blankets just like I was a kid. I was like, I just saw a ghost. Legit. And this mentor that brought Mavis Patilla in, the first time I went and had a reading with her, which, you know, about five years had passed around this time, I, I had not developed because this teacher was the one I developed under. 
in a reading with her, which is still today the best reading I've ever had. She does not practice mediumship anymore, unfortunately, but you know, it was one of the best readings I've ever had in my life. And she said to me, you were gifted an experience with your son. You, you lost a son and he visited you before he lost. And I did two weeks later, I unfortunately miscarried that pregnancy. And she was able to see that I was able to see this boy so through evidential mediumship, that it was not a ghost, that it was this beautiful visitation. And she said these exact words, God gave you this experience so you didn't have to suffer needlessly. And then I started really questioning things. And as I moved through development, it was like every mentor I had, almost every mentor, I would say um, out of, you know, maybe five mentors, only one believed in ghosts, but all the other mentors I had after that were like, it doesn't make sense they would exist. We are dealing with an intelligent divine. Do you think the most intelligence of divine would, you know, leave somebody hanging like in a purgatory? Like, but what I heard was, and it actually wasn't until after I did an episode with Tony Willis, like many, many years later and just a couple of years ago, where I started realizing a bit of a, like an echo chamber effect because I started hearing the same phrase over and over and over again everywhere I went for this for the side that was like no they don't exist it was always it doesn't make sense that they would exist it wouldn't it doesn't make sense and then I caught myself almost saying that it doesn't make sense that they would exist and I remember having different people on the podcast over the years same thing it doesn't make sense that they would exist and so I started looking at the divine laws, like what law would this like fit within, you know, because the divine laws are part of that impersonal universe. And, you know, it just makes your head spin a little bit. So there was definitely many years where I was of that camp of, of course, they don't exist. It just doesn't make sense. Why would the creator leave someone behind? When we go, we have near death experiences to tell us like there's a tunnel, there's a light, we move, even though we want to come back, you know, there's the the free will is not exactly there the free will is like no you have to go back you're not done no I don't want to go back you know what I mean so why in that afterworld state would we be left behind so that was the mindset I had for many years as well and unfortunately I was one of those people who you know devalued and you know did not validate other people's experiences because like there's this phase I there's this phase of mediumship where you're like I'm connected and you know I have spirit talking to me so of course like this is like the capital T truth and it's just so immature to think like that but you know it's almost like when you're like in your early 20s and you're like not quite an adult but the world considers you an adult but you're still you're not an adult you're still like you know, a kid in so many ways, but you feel old. You feel like you have things together. It's kind of like that. It's like that phase of mediumship development. And unfortunately, I did not validate everyone who presented themselves to me. Then we can go into an old episode I have on dark energy, my experience with dark energy, because, you know, I did have um, one of my first public sitting days. I had somebody in front of me talk to me about ghosts. And I said, you know, I just don't believe in them. And I said, I almost want to have an experience like you guys have so that I have a better understanding of what's happening. And then the room shifted and the atmosphere shifted. And so I will point you to an old episode I have on my experience with dark energy if you want to hear more about that. 
and my beliefs around that. Uh, but at this point, I want to bring in one of our spirit schoolers who was the voice note that came through that was kind of at the mindset like, no, I, I don't feel like they exist. So here is a note from Leona. Hey, Danielle, this is Leona here. Um, I don't personally think ghosts exist in the sense that we have seen in movies perhaps i think that when you die your spirit goes back to the spirit world i do think there are physical manifestations of say personalities left behind um not the spirit aspect of us but more the personality aspect so if someone had passed away quickly that um their spirit has left but this personality is remaining and will integrate later so if you see like a ghostly figure walking the halls perhaps it's just you know um a reflection of an old personality but i don't think it has a consciousness i also think that in instances when people have seen negative spirits or have been um around you know some spirit that's doing negative things i think perhaps that that's um a, a manifestation because we are in my opinion creators of our own world and so i think that when people are in low vibrational places they could perhaps be you know manifesting low vibrational entities so um those are kind of the ways that i think um ghosts could be perceived but i think the idea of ghosts uh don't exist thank you leona for bringing that perspective in i really appreciate it and let me just take this time to like apologize to anyone who is listening who has ever come to me in the past and has said you know come to me with an experience and your understanding of that experience only to have me invalidate it that is not my jam anymore but it was for a certain amount of time when I was really of the mindset that they just don't exist. Why would they? And then, you know, I even looked at some of my experiences and, you know, the stair, the um, pictures that we caught and like the footsteps coming down the stairs and the little boy next to me who is supposedly my son. And, you know, I started looking at all the different paranormal shows that I watched and I loved it when they caught full body apparitions and they did catch full body apparitions. But I started questioning it and I've said this before and I've even had some medium share this perspective before because it, it's, it's true. But if these TV shows played angelic music, if they paid 528 megahertz over the showing of these apparitions would we then think it's an intelligent spirit communicator would we then think it's of the divine would we then think it's you know an ancestor or an angel if we switch the music would our experience then be different than you know the heart beating and the intense music that implied intensity um, I think that that really does play into a lot of our experiences and a lot of our psyche when it comes to unpacking some of these experiences that we have so I'm going to bring in two voices there's Sonia and then there is Jenny um, Jenny Caballero I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong Phantasma Witch um, and Sonia, who's Phoenix Oracle, they want to come in and share their experiences and that they are of the mindset, yes, they do exist. I have had experiences with them. So enjoy these stories. Okay. So I've seen a lot of different spirits. Um, when I was in high school, I lived in a very spiritually active home and uh, we saw a lot of different things. But um, one of the consistent things that we experienced was something um, taking like a stick or a cane um, down the hallway every single night 
and dragging it along the walls um, where you could hear it drag along the wall and then skip over where the door was and then continue dragging down the wall. And you could, and you can hear kind of like a click, click when it would go, you know, between the, like the doorways and it was creepy and annoying. And I always tried to not use the restroom at night. Um, and, and it was every single night. And then one night, um, I remember seeing, I was watching TV and something caught my eye and I looked over and there was an old man just standing there. He wasn't looking at me. It was just his profile. And he was waving his hand like up and down, up and down in this very rhythmic kind of motion. And like he was trying to make something happen. And he just stood there and I kept looking at him, glancing over like, is this real? Am I really seeing this? And he never paid me any attention, but I was terrified. I tried. So for me personally, I have experienced, sensed, seen ghosts since I was a child, but I often wrote it off and told myself it was just me. I didn't actually become a full believer of ghosts until I met my now husband. So ever since we met, he and I have been able to confirm the sightings that we have both had with each other, since my husband is also highly sensitive to sensing and seeing spirits. This validated our experiences for each other, and suddenly what I saw and felt became way more real because someone else was experiencing the same exact things in the same exact moments that I was. My experiences with seeing and sensing ghosts actually is what got me into mediumship. I used to be terrified of ghosts when I was a kid. I didn't want anything to do with them, but as I got older, I became way more curious and I wanted to have a more heartfelt, deeper connection instead of being filled with fear. So while I respect that not everybody believes in ghosts, including my fellow mediums, for me personally, I just simply can't deny their existence based on everything I've seen, felt, and experienced. So thank you, Jenny, and thank you, Sonia, for bringing your stories and experiences into the space. Again, I think that they're going to help some people feel really validated. And now I want to bring in Jenny Kahn, who is the medium experience on Instagram. She heard the question through the collective. She's been a collective member for two years now. Happy to your anniversary, Jenny. Um, but she brought in a bit of a channeling from the spirit world when it comes to the concept of ghosts and the philosophy on ghosts. Are there ghosts? What a beautiful acquisition. Danielle, thank you so much for having me be part of this space when I first read that question, immediately I received a download from spirit before it even hit my consciousness. And this is the message. They exist to and for those whom need them to exist. The soul is eternal and one. The body is temporary and a facet of one. A ghost to the soul is energy in motion with a message. A ghost to the body is an entity in motion, with or without a message. One approach invites unity. One approach invites exploration. The destination is the same. One. And of course, after that, it hit my consciousness, and there's a lot to unpack there. But I think you said it so beautifully in your previous podcast, and 
we have barriers in our language. We have barriers in understanding what we're experiencing. But if we approach a ghost as we are all one, then I think that the information around that experience would be quite different than if we are separate. And finally, the final submission here is from Naomi, who speaks about, you know, are we all talking about different things? Are we all sharing the same thing? Are we saying the same thing, just calling it something different? And I think that this is definitely a great perspective to bring into the conversation as well. This is Naomi. I'm in the initiation. And um, I love this question, like, are ghosts real? Um, I think that the term ghost is really broad. And um, part of the confusion is that like different people think of different things. Um, when we're talking about ghosts, I think ghosts can be real, but I don't believe that they're the same as like a spirit, right? I think ghosts are energetic imprints of specific people during specific events that occurred in those locations. So I do think that they're real, but I think the idea that People are trapped in a ghost form and bound to a location. I don't think that that is true. So that's my take. Um, yeah. Okay. Bye. Thanks. Thank you, Naomi. Funny enough, I'm looking at my uh, garage band right now and your voice note ended at 4444. So loving on that, loving all these different perspectives, different voices coming in with your experiences, with your philosophies, with your teachings. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so do ghosts exist? Do ghosts exist? We brought through different teachings today, different voices, different perspectives, different experiences that I've had that other people are having. Here's my preamble before I give you my current day belief as of October 30th, 2023. Okay, knowing that I have been through it all over the next last few years, I have kind of changed my mind. I've expanded different beliefs. I have completely shifted different beliefs. I want to say this first. Your beliefs are for you. Whatever you choose to believe, if it improves your life, if it helps you sleep great at night, if it helps you, you know, live a full expansive life of purpose and meaning, something that brings you joy, something that doesn't hold you back, I want you to believe whatever helps improve and enhance your lived experience. Okay, so I, I don't care what you believe in any which way or form. I love you regardless. I truly, truly do. And I want you to think about that when it comes to your beliefs. Is this belief helpful? Is this belief something that helps move the needle for me when it comes to what I came here to do and came here to achieve? You get to discern that and decide that here for yourself. So where I stand today, October 2023, do I believe in ghosts? I will tell you with some confidence that I do not believe I have had an encounter with a ghost. I, looking back at all the different experiences I have personally have had, I could definitely see how it could be a loved one in spirit and a guide and an angel and everything of love and light that has transitioned fully to the other side. I cannot say with any certainty that I encountered anything differently. And because my beliefs are formed to help me live this life in the way that I really want to live it, that's very easy for me to believe. And it feels true to me. And so that... That's my belief is that I have not had an experience that was paranormal or of ghosts. 
So I can't say with any type of certainty that I have a lived personal experience that could 100% be a ghost. I have had so many spiritual experiences, but with my beliefs where they're at, I can easily say each and every one of those experiences I had could have been an angel, could have been an ancestor, could have been a spirit guide, could have been nothing but of, you know, love light fully transitioned over to the other side. But where I stand today... So I've had a lot of time to contemplate this because, you know, I created the collective schedule a couple months ago. I knew that this would be coming up. I knew that this was going to be the topic of our philosophy circle for October. So I've had a lot of time to look at this from a bunch of different angles, a bunch of different perspectives. And when I think back to the times where I consumed people's opinions, people's ideologies and philosophies around them not existing, I have yet to hear an argument about them not existing that is actually compelling for me. Like, it used to cut it for me. It just doesn't make sense. Used to cut it for me. It doesn't cut it for me anymore. And so I can't say that I've heard a medium or a spiritual philosopher in any way talk about ghosts in a way that has convinced me that they don't exist. Meanwhile, over here in the they do exist camp, I believe that there's a lot of evidence out there that says that they very well may exist. So I'm leaning more towards they exist than not. And that is very different than a podcast episode you would have heard three, four years ago. Again, I'm I'm saying this through all transparency and, and just, you know, practicing what I preach. Your beliefs will evolve over time and shift over time. Your understanding of your experiences will continue to shift and evolve over time as you have more experiences and as your awareness continues to expand. You will look at things differently as you spiritually mature. And I'm at a point today, 10 years into my path, 25 years in as being interested in the paranormal, where I feel comfortable today saying, there's nothing that has convinced me that they don't exist, but there is more out there that leans me towards they exist. I think that there's more evidence out there and stronger evidence to say they do exist than they don't. That's where I stand today. October 30th, 2023. We'll broach this topic again in the future, but for now, this is my hot take. And guess what? I'm going to sleep fine at night again. Everyone gets to believe what they want to believe. I just ask that you question the beliefs that keep you in a state of fear. You question the beliefs that make you um, not live the most expansive, brave, courageous life that you are meant to be living here. So check your beliefs at the door. How is this belief helpful? Is this a belief that helped progress me along on my path or does it keep me stagnant in some way and that will get you a little bit closer to really folding out what your philosophy is around this so i would love to hear what you have to say if you're listening on spotify you can use the leave a question function i read them i post them don't know how to respond to them but you're welcome to use that i'll put in my voice memo link it's called speaker pipe so if you want to leave a voice note for me if you want me to include it in any future episodes if you want to just like leave me a note i will add that into the show notes as well you have caroline misses archetype on ghosts in there i'm also going to link um the spear school collective 
my membership. This is where all my um, thought leadership is unfolded. I do a lot on the podcast. I don't do very much on Instagram other than just share more personally, but it is the Spirit School Collective where I teach. It's like where we host these conversations. It's where I give my 100% unfiltered um, philosophies and teachings on this type of content. And it's a real safe space to have some of these uh, more expansive spiritual conversations. So every month we do philosophy circle, every month we do a practice circle. Um, I do master classes in there. Um, you know, I released 10 sessions in October and I always open things up for the membership first and they snagged up these readings in three hours. Um, first crack at retreats, discounts on courses and programs. I will say that there is more coming to the Spear School Collective in January. And I will be increasing the price of the collective for the first time in two and a half years. It's going to be well worth it. But those who got in early get grandfathered at the rates. I still have some people in the community who are paying $44 <laughs> from when I opened it. So we also do practice pairings every single week. So you can put your name forward to be partnered up with a different practice partner. There's opportunities to teach master classes and get paid for them in the membership as well. For those of you who want to move more into the mentoring and teaching, it's a real great bunch of people. So... We're very committed to the Spirit School Collective. Um, those of you who know, I have taught mediumship for the past 10 rounds under the umbrella of the initiation. I will be moving to a more intimate model of teaching and training next year in masterminds. Again, all those spots will be accessible to the collective members first. And then I will be having a beginner mediumship, an advanced mediumship, a beginner business, and a mentorship mastermind for those who want to go into mentoring and teaching. So I'm really excited about that. So working with me in 2024 is going to look a lot different. Now I have the TV show coming. We are filming starting next month. And so I will be doing the collective. I will be doing my four little masterminds, which will have participants maxed out at 12 each. It was so important for me. Like one thing I really, really miss, I love doing the big programs and I love having like high numbers in my programs. Absolutely. And it's been really exciting, really wonderful how things have been really sustained over, you know, financially really hard times economically, like spirit school has sustained and it's been absolutely beautiful. But one thing I really miss is like knowing everyone's name knowing what they're going through, seeing how their practices are unfolding. And so I wanted to create and try out for a year while I have some time dedicated to the filming of the TV show and retreats I want to do next summer that I want to spend next year in smaller, more intimate containers with people and really be part of the development journey, like hold hand. So that's going to be um, opening up for registration later this month, but to the collective members first and then on Instagram and my newsletter is how you'll hear that moving forward. But the collective is actually where you get a lot of my teachings. It's where I spend most of my time and it has no intention of closing. And my hope is that it continues to grow and expand and, you know, get more inquisitive minds and spiritually curious souls and people who are really looking to grow and thrive in a community. It is community centered, community focused. It's not a guru at the top. It's not me. Um, it's, it is really about the people who are in there and we have some incredible people in there. So just plugging that for now. So those are the links that you will see below. I hope you found this conversation energizing and yeah, I'm curious where you are at with it all. And we will see you on the next episode of Spear School, which will be tomorrow, which will be your spear messages. 
Did you know that Spirit School is not just a podcast? It's an actual school. If you go to myspiritschool.com, you can invest in self-study courses, live programs, and of course, the Spirit School Collective, my baby, my monthly membership community. All Spirit School offerings are intended to get you feeling clear, confident, and connected to your spiritual path, your development journey, and of course, connected to other spiritual curious souls who are having similar experiences to you. I hope to see you in Spirit School.